0: Are you guys good? One, two, three. Yes. Oh, yes. Big song.
1: Man, you know. <laughs> big tune, big tune, big tune. Of course. As usual. We only drop the classics. The
0: classic. Like, I can remember yeah. when this song first came out. It was like the first Ganyan gospel song. Not the first, but like one of the first that you could actually like this. Yeah, this is a banger, vibe two. Can bang vibe <laughs> to anywhere. I can mix it with, you know the rest of my my tunes
1: all and all the weddings you know is that all the weddings
0: Uh, definitely joe so what made you decide that this is your song
2: well you know it it kind of speaks to what you were saying because uh the idea of having a song that can go in effortlessly with you know Otherwise, non-gospel playlist. I liken it to Kirk Franklin, where you'll be at the club and randomly some Kirk Franklin will come in. (laughs) (laughs) This is the same. We had the we had the three equivalents, and I said, "You know what? Yeah, this is the jam." It played at my wedding. You know, those who know me know I like to dance, so this song kind of hit both of the criteria. I could play it in front of my parents, and I could dance.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. No, no. A quick anecdote about about Joe about Joe is one of the first young guys that I know at church that would just dance in front of church, no ways about it, no matter what song, like, and I mean dance. <laughs> Bro, that was one of my favorite things about church with Joe. <laughs> so, so I'm not surprised he chose this song. I could just see him dancing to it.
1: Yeah, no, it, it, it's a good one. On the workout playlist, it's it's in the church playlist, it's on the wedding playlist,
0: even funeral <laughs> playlist, heck. Exactly. You know, we do it everywhere, outdoor.
2: Multipass
0: Yes. Yeah, so so before we go further, the, the the song is Nero X. So if you don't know it, Nero X, Oseye, Big Tune, it's 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 one of those classic songs that is you know definitely in our play playlist all the time because yes. how it is. So so now, doc, you know, yes, Sal, what is on your mind today? Yes, okay. So our phrase of the day.
1: Today is Abu Oni Yamina yeah, Pranahan, which is uh, the animal which doesn't have a tail. You know, it's God who cleans it. Mm. So, you know, of course, we'll, we'll talk more about it um, at the end.
0: Yeah, that's deep. You, you reach deep for this one. Of course. Yeah.
1: You, know, <laughs> you know, you have to. You have to. It's... <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, once again, my name is Salome Kwame Redu. some am Sal.
0: And my name is Samuel Akwasi-Boateng. Some call me Sam and welcome to our podcast, Doctor. Or
1: an Embarrassment, where we profile the life of the immigrant child in the diaspora.
0: So this is essentially the Immigrant's Guide to Disappointing Your Parents. And on today's episode, we will not be disappointing our parents. We're going to have a great chat with our our good friend, Joseph. Um, And the title of today's episode is A Doctor's Job is Never Done. Never done. Never done. <laughs> Not
1: <done it> at all. <laughs> yes. So uh, before we introduce our guests formally, we're gonna have a bit of a lightning round. Um, this is word association. No time to think. All right. So we ask the question, you give the answer, really quickly. First thing that, first okay. thing that
0: comes to your mind. If you need to first think about thing. it, say pass, and we'll move on and get back to it at the okay. end. That if you, if awesome. you need to think about it, you failed.
1: <laughs> oh, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's go. Favorite Ganyan movie.
2: Uh, pass. Favorite Ganyan song uh it was already played
0: all right favorite Ghanaian food
2: fufu of course
0: Adoring or wedding
1: Adoring. oh nice Jollof for watching jollof ah
2: oh <laughs> malt or fanta oh malt easily <laughs> peanut butter soup or light soup peanut butter soup yes oh uh-huh. no joe
0: <laughs> yes
2: <laughs>
0: afro beats or
2: high life afro beats you know okay. i'm too hype
1: and finally <laughs> finally doctor or embarrassment
2: <laughs> i'll take doctor
1: yes I'll thank take... you it's, it's but now, right right here. Here.
2: <laughs> my answer might Boo. be a little biased though <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> of course just a little bit <laughs> just, just the, the time, time. <laughs> <laughs> all right sir so give us your full name we'll allow you to basically give us your whole name and basically introduce yourself before we go any further.
2: Okay, yeah, my name is Joseph Kojo Akwe, uh, and uh, my and friends what, call what, me Joe.
0: Some your friends call you Joe. And what, what, did, Joe. What, do you think, what, what did your parents call you growing up? What were you called at home? Junior.
2: Junior. Are oh, you? Yeah. So I, I you're would, part of the club, you're part of the club. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I, I, I am a junior, and my dad is uh, also named Joseph. Oh, nice. And uh, of what course, they can't say junior, so it's junior. You have to ask uh,
1: <laughs> junior, <laughs> junior. <laughs> okay, so Joe or Junior?
2: Um, what do they? What do they call you, Doctor Joe? Yeah, I, you know, Doctor Akwe and I make sure that I, I I have the brony for say the Aque because they can yes. pronounce it. Yes. Mm.
1: Oh, good. Good. You have to correct when they get it wrong. That, that's the I right know. way to do it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: If they can say Schwarzenegger, they can say Akwe.
1: They're easily. Easily. There are literally no vowels in that name. <laughs> so, <laughs> can you tell us a bit more about what your name might mean?
2: Well, you know, of course, Joseph is uh, taken from my dad. Uh, so, uh, that's, you know, that's where I got that. You know, Ghanians we're, we're not a, we're not exactly the uh, most creative when it comes to uh, first names. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, you uh, <laughs> You know, I took that. Uh, Kojo, of course, is uh means born on Monday. Uh, so Mm I was a Monday born kid, and Akwe, that's my uh, that's the name on my dad's side. Um, and uh, there's a lot of conflicting uh, history behind the name, but uh, ultimately, it's a well known name, uh, where he he came from, and you know, uh, there's a lot of variants of it. So the one I got was the AC, yours, the KOJO. K-O-J-O. Okay.
0: Okay. K-O-J-O.
2: Is, that, is that the Fanti version? I believe so.
0: Okay. So which means the, the, the brothelized version. The
2: brothelized version. <laughs>
0: <laughs> even easier,
1: funny. even easier to say.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. So, so, so Joe, um, maybe let, let's, to, to get things started in terms yeah. of kind of, when you were a child, like what was the first thing that you ever wanted to be?
2: the first thing I ever wanted to be this would probably fall into the disappointment category, but I wanted to be a, a, a children's author. Wow. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. And, uh, I, I don't know that some of the Canadians may be familiar with Robert Munch. He's a va- famous Canadian author and he came to yeah. speak at our school one time and I thought what he did was so cool. So, and when I was younger, I was, I was somewhat of an artist. So I said, hey, you know, I could do this. Uh, my art skills unfortunately stayed in that second grade. Uh, so <laughs> I, I opted, it didn't evolve. It didn't evolve. You know, that, that, I, I peaked. So after that, uh, I realized maybe that wouldn't be for me. But I would say that's the earliest memory of a career aspiration I had. Did you wow. ever
0: share that with you know your your parents and and your family that like, I want to be an author?
2: Oh yeah, I told my mom one time, and uh, as you can imagine, her response was somewhere along the lines of, idiots, go, go <laughs> Oh my goodness. I, oh, I always
1: wonder if Ghanaians know there's somebody actually behind the books that we read. I know, I think they just think they come into,
2: uh, they come into existence out of nowhere, but <laughs> they, <they're>, uh, <laughs> the only actor they know is God. And right. The Bible, <laughs> The Bible. that's it. <laughs> it is an issue. author,
0: but not my child. Not my child. <laughs> <laughs> it could be anybody else, not my child. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, sir. So what is your professional title?
2: So my professional title, I'm a urologist. Okay. Uh, I'm currently a chief resident at the University of Minnesota. So that means that I'm in my fifth and final year of residency. Yes, sir. Big thanks. At, uh, As chief, we just basically oversee the rest of the residents and a lot of the clinical duties, but formerly urologist. Yeah, so oh,
0: and, and and to break it down for you know my 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 aunties and uncles that are listening, what is this urologist? Can, yes. can you break it down further for us? What is a urologist? Yes,
2: urologist, you, yes. merologist. <laughs> uh... <laughs> I'm glad you asked that because even when people used to ask my parents, "What do, 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 I do?" Ah, yeah, ge, you ge, geologist, eh? <laughs> uh, so uh, just to break it down further, uh, urologist is a doctor who deals with the urinary system. So mm. anything with the kidney or the bladder or the prostates or any of the genital mm. organs, but we deal with it from a surgical perspective. So we're a little bit different from a nephrologist who would deal with things like medical issues. We'll deal mm. with things like kidney stones, kidney cancer, bladder cancer, prostate cancer, testicular cancer. So we do all of that type of thing. Oh, wow.
1: Listen, urologists are among some of the coolest doctors out there. They're so rogue. It's like they're they in their own world. They even have their own residency. They can do surgery. They can do anything. It's like, uh, and most people don't know. That's the thing about it. It's like they, they, their job is actually pretty cool. Some of the oh, coolest stuff super. I did as a medical student is in, was in urology.
0: That is super cool. So, So, Joe, I guess, you know, you wanted to be an author. That's where, you know, your dream was, your passion was. When was the switch and why? Like in terms of medicine, I want to be a doctor now.
2: So, yeah, you know, I never had the, the. I'm not like uh, Sal who said he wants to be a doctor since he came out of the womb. Oh, they That's was for me. <laughs> uh, I was a, you know, a bit of a, a, a delinquent child. And uh, I think like, you know, my career aspirations changed. By the time I got to high school, I was pretty good in athletics. And I said, you know, I want to be an athlete. And then okay. as I, you know, got closer to uh, 10th grade, it was 10th grade where I was getting in trouble, you know. I was on the brink of getting expelled. I got the whole, I'm going to send you the Ghana threat. And oh, then right. after, um, I had the opportunity for two things. I got to work in a juice factory at Fairleigh. You guys- are- <gasps> No, shut up. <laughs> I no. Worked at, I, I worked at Fairleigh <laughs> no. uh, a, a, after what, 10th grade. It was, it was in t- 10th grade, it was the one by Rexdale. No, uh, I know the- what
1: Fairly. I know exactly where Fairleigh is. I worked yes. there.
2: But- <laughs> so I, I, <laughs> when? I this was in tenth grade, so it's, let's see. So that's two thousand three um, or four, or was yeah, two thousand three? Maybe, yeah. Wow. And I was there, and I, I, <laughs> oh lasted, I lasted for like two weeks, and <laughs> I said, "Hey, it. no, and I have, <laughs> I, I have, I have to get my education." Because which, which section of the factory did you work in? That I was, was... In the conveyor belt, so they gave me. They oh me, no, that they was made the me just, I, They made me just sit. They made me just sit there. You can't have headphones. You can't have no, no. phone. You no. just have your, your 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 work. Your construction boots and you yes. have to shift the thing yep, yep. and you're doing that for eight hours and if you miss
1: it it gets stuck in the machine eight.
2: yo listen exactly <laughs> no. and then you have and then in order to get to lunch you have to take about 30 minutes to get to the entrance my yes. time is lunch time you have to your, your you rice
0: in
2: i talked with some of the people there you know like some of the old everybody was older of course yeah and uh they've been working there for years and i said hey I can't do this because I've been there for two weeks and I am I think I'm going to die. Because by the time <laughs> you got back home, you have to sleep. And by the time you wake up, it's time to go to work uh, again. I gotta I go. Said, no, no, this can't be life. There are a lot of Ghanaians there too. Yeah, so, so that was like, one thing I gotta, that said, hey, no, I can't be doing this nonsense uh, in school. after have to study because I need to yeah, do something, something yeah. else. And then the other thing was, of course, uh, you know, All Nations, I, I give them credit for, for helping me kind of get my mind right spiritually. So that was, those were two things. Mm-hmm. And then, the last thing was going to University of Toronto. They had a mentorship program for students considered at risk. And that kind of changed my perspective as well. So that's what the shift from, oh, you know, I want to be an athlete to I want to do something in healthcare. I didn't know exactly what it was, but I learned about kinesiology. So I said, OK, you know, I can, maybe I can combine my, my interest in science and my interest in sports and maybe become a physical therapist or something along those lines. So that was the first shift. And then it just evolved from that because, you know, I got exposed more to medicine and I was like, nah, not physical therapy is not necessarily for me, maybe pharmacist. And then I took chemistry and I got like a D and I was like, okay, not pharmacy. (laughs) (laughs) I'll rule (laughs) it out real quick. (laughs) Uh, What's next? So then I didn't really know what I was going to do. And I worked as a medical assistant and uh, as medical assistant, I was doing all the work, but then the doctor would come in, sign something for two minutes and he would get paid. And I was like, no, hold on, hold on, here's here's the ticket so that's 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 i want to be the signator (laughs) (laughs) exactly i'm not gonna do all the work and then this guy gets out of pain i get like some breadcrumbs. so i think that was the final shift towards that uh and that was kind of at the midway through university oh wow so your undergrad in university what did you study so i went to the university of toronto and i did kinesiology oh no way get out of here Yes, I went. I went to Saint George campus. I was in the I kinesiology. Wow. I was running track in my first year for the varsity blues. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, I did kin yeah. at York. So oh yeah, okay. So you know what it's about? Yeah, yeah. Of course.
1: I mean, kin, kin is where it's at, man. You know everything.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Every athlete wants to do kin. Of yeah, course, of course.
2: <laughs> literally, you know, all the, yeah. the entire class was usually varsity athletes, and our kin program at UFT was very small. So you know, it was it was a program to be at. Uh, not necessarily useful for preparing you me for med school because it didn't have any prerequisites yeah. built in. But it was a fun. It was a fun thing. I met some great people and and uh,
0: and I guess to take you back to when you applied for kin, right? What was yeah. that discussion with your parents like? Did they have an inkling that medicine might be on the road, or he's in a program and this is good anyways?
2: So uh, one thing about my parents is that they weren't too well versed in the university life life side life side of things my my parents were business owners and they came from Ghana and they basically just started a business in the flea market you know maybe some high school education but that was about it so Mm -hmm. they were just happy that I was thinking about university especially given kind of my previous history when I started high school and they didn't know anything as a delinquent his history as a delinquent (laughs) 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 you gotta call me out but yeah um, (laughs) I mean, my mom couldn't even pronounce kinesiology, but it sounded interesting to her. So She said, "Okay, sure, you know, just yeah. go somewhere, um, mm. you know, and uh, and get your your uh, education." So that discussion was just like, "Okay, you want to go to university? Sure." And then the other question was, just, "So, so how much is it costing? Are you gonna <laughs> are you gonna pay if you do this running running thing?" Uh, so, yeah. course, I, did get a, I get I did get a partial athletic scholarship for my first mm. year there. Oh, nice! <clears throat> that kind of helps. That helps out. Yeah.
1: So you make the decision, you make the switch um while you're halfway through you want to be a physician you want to be a doctor which of course melts every african parent's heart what was the conversation like and what did they think
2: so you know what it's very interesting because i think i was at least listening to one of your earlier podcasts and african parents or ghanian parents in particular are very about kind of staying in your comfort zone so my mom was actually a little bit hesitant about the idea of being a doctor because she's like oh wow you want to be phd permanent head damage you know, it's uh, <laughs> um, uh, like, hey, too much stress. Just, you just know, do, you, do you see Sam, much. you see this? I, I <laughs> love <see> this, this? <laughs>
0: phrase. I love this phrase, permanent head damage. I, I'm, I'm, I'm taking it from now on. We're going to send royalties to the Aquay family moving
2: forward. Permanent head yeah. damage. <laughs> this, this is what you want to do, Sam. You see this? But the idea <laughs> is that she's like, you know, it's too much. Just do something simple. You know, dude. So the so the thing was, it was very it wasn't it wasn't the typical discussion we mm. have, and I think it speaks to you know the tendency of guys to be like just find something safe, something yeah, quick, yeah. and get it yeah. done. So my dad, on the other hand, was like, yeah, you know, go for it if you really want to, uh, you know. But the back of their mind, they're both thinking cost. So I think yeah. that's part of the, uh, yeah. the discussion as well. The, the that's true. Med school is not cheap.
1: Yeah. No. No. Medicine is not cheap. That getting the bad.
2: getting getting the money for med school in itself was a whole ordeal.
1: Yes. All right. So so before we talk about Sam's going to ask some questions about you know some accomplishments, but before that, walk us through the application process quickly.
2: Uh, oh, for, you know, in case
1: there's anybody listening for medical school.
2: Oh, for medical school. So medical school, uh, there's a couple of medical schools in the States, and, or sorry, in Canada, but there's exponentially more medical schools in, in the U.S. and yes. in the Caribbean. So if mm-hmm. you're a Canadian student, you're probably going to have to apply broadly. And what that means is apply in the States but as well as in uh, the Caribbean. Um, ideally, the best to get in in Canada, but you know, right. being realistic, the spots are just limited. So anyways, I, I brought in my application. I applied to the U.S., Applied to the Caribbean. And when I applied to the US, I was able to Google search schools that were uh, favorable to US applicants or Canadian applicants because you're going to be applying there as a foreign student. So the requirements are typically you have to have some type of degree. It doesn't have to be in science. No. um, But you have to have some prerequisite courses. Yes. To fight your degree. So if you didn't, I had some friends who did music, but they had also taken uh, physical chemistry, organic chemistry, and math a biology course, and an English mm-hmm. course. Those, you know, yes. the, the requirements vary from school to school. So look up what your uh, school requires. But I did all those courses. So I, I finished my degree. I realized I needed to get some prerequisites that I hadn't completed. So I took two more years and I actually went to York for those two years. Yes. I took, I took chemistry. I took English. I took all the other prerequisite courses I needed. And then you apply through the application system and You know, I got like two interviews out of all my applications, but even, you know, your foot in the door. So I got two interviews. Yes, absolutely. uh, And uh, I flew to uh, Meharry Medical College in Nashville, Tennessee, interviewed there, interviewed well. And they gave me. Is that an HBCU? HBCU Medical School. Okay. Okay. For those listening, HBCU is a historically backed college. So wow. these are uh, Howard, Morehouse, uh, Drew, and Meharry are the four HBCU medical schools uh, in wow. the States. So yes. I applied there and uh, I, I got in there and and that's where I started. I started in 2012. Wow. wow.
0: That's that's a good journey. And then I think Long that's journey. really good for kids to know that and that you don't necessarily have to come in with a mindset of, I'm going to be a doctor, so I'm taking all science classes, right? You can yeah. be a lot of things and get those prerequisites to go. So so Joe, now to this spot, right? And and this is our highlight section where we, we yes. want you to now brag about yourself. You've done you've done well for yourself. We know you're <laughs> modest, you're humble, but take a few seconds, tell us list us some of your accomplishments. Like what have you done so far in life that you know your mom would be standing there, your dad would be standing there saying, this is our testimony. This is Joseph our son who has That's, my baby. Well. That's, That's my, my baby. That's my baby. Okay. So yeah,
2: so well, I'm going to switch to my braggadocious Nigerian. No, I'm just <laughs> uh, uh, Shout out to all the Nigerian people. But, um, okay, yeah, you know, I, I think just kind of starting from where I started. So uh, high school, of course, I, I wasn't super strong student. I remember in ninth grade, I failed French the first time, and I was very close to failing the second time. Uh, that was more just I didn't put an effort in but uh, by the end of it I was able to turn it around and uh, I graduated as the top male student I graduated as athlete of the year and I was a valedictorian so I was one of the very few I think it was maybe second in my school's uh, history to accomplish what they call the three-peat of getting those three awards on graduation and then that that lended to me getting an entrance scholarship to the University of Toronto and I also won the Harry Jerome Award Which is a prestigious. Get out of here. Wow. uh, Black Canadians. That's Uh, a big deal. Yeah. uh, That's a BFD. And then, (laughs) uh, you know, university was a bit of a similar rough start, but by the end of it, I was able to be one of the few uh, students to graduate with high honors. Uh, Wow. And, uh, you know, part of that, I actually have to shout out my sister because my sister accomplished the same feat. Minus the athlete of the year, but she was a valedictorian and the top female student in wow. her class. So wow. I take a little bit of credit for that because she was just trying to copy me. And she also got <laughs> a Harry Jerome Award, uh, and and Ooh. came to the same program, kinesiology. Wow. And she similarly wow. graduated with high honors. So, you know, I just that take is- credit for setting that president. But um Yes, yes, um, very impressive. After uh getting into medical school, uh, you know, made it through and I was inducted into the AOA, which is our honor society. I was the president of that and graduated again with high honors from medical school. Um, So now at the University of Minnesota, I'm finishing my residency. And I just recently learned that I'll be the first black male graduate from this particular program. Um, As the chief, as the chief also, no doubt. (laughs) As the chief also, no doubt. uh, uh, I I think those are some some, some, uh, accomplishments I can highlight. But, uh, you know, I'm also just so proud about my accomplishments outside of the academic realm. Mm-hmm. So I have a yes. beautiful wife. I got two kids doing well. Yes. And uh, in, in spite of Glory to God, a lot of things that have gone on in my life, I'm, I'm here and about to take a job as an attending physician in Georgia starting in August.
1: Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Get out of here. This
0: wow,
1: This guy.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, 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 this is really impressive this is a very impressive resume i mean high achiever but you know i'm very interested i have to ask this question i always ask people because i've seen many people turn their life around besides the external environment what was happening when did you go from the the young man that fails french almost twice to you know the the, the top student the Victorian, um harry jerome award <laughs> and yeah what where
2: where did you make that switch so i think you know and actually one thing i forgot to quote unquote brag about is uh i p- published an autobiographical um little compilation book, book with uh, a couple of very accomplished authors including one wow. that I'll, I'll quote a little bit later who recently became the first poet laureate in ontario oh yes i oh, saw wow. Yeah, young so, Ghanian man, right? I, yeah, I think Rand, I saw that. Randall Jay, so I'll, I'll definitely yes. quote him a little bit later. But uh, in my book, I did I, I, in my chapter, I did talk about it a little bit. But I think that for me, the the key transition point was a couple of things, like I mentioned, kind of uh, uh, getting in a closer relationship with God, with, with re- uh, respect to that, um, being exposed to life and the reality of life, and you don't get an education. Mm-hmm. I, don't know, I think you know as you get older you just have a, a bigger uh desire to or bigger recognition of the the sacrifices your parents have made yeah um, yeah you, know, you don't really appreciate it when you're younger because you just see you know you just see the result you know, my parents like they used to work like i think about my schedule now and compared to their schedule as business owners it's still very soft you're nine to nine a day uh, no weekends, no weekends off just you know grinding so i think that Recognition was another thing. And then um, that mentorship program I, I got exposed to, one of the things that it was great about was exposing me to other black students with similar aspirations, but also yes. to black professionals. And that's where I met my first black male doctor. I never met one before. Wow. Mm-hmm. Dr. Joel Curry, he's a chiropractor. Seeing him it was like the, hey, if this guy can do it, this guy, He was he's, he's from the hood, same place, same upbringing, everything like that. If, that, if this yeah. guy can do it, then why can't I? And I think that's, you know, it always underscores the importance of representation.
1: No. Representation and matters. I
2: think that if you can see that, it, you can be it. Precisely. So having yeah. that, those kind of things come together, it was the, it was kind of the turning point. So then I, I started putting in an effort and, you know, starting getting really good grades. And I used to joke that, uh, I was starting to beat some of the Asian kids and then you know, <laughs> like, Hey, wow. You know, if I could do that, you know, why not? So it, school became a little bit more of a fun challenge for me mm-hmm. and uh I think that you know it was also just important to be a mentor and a role model to the kids coming behind me because uh you know they were seeing this Ganyan guy uh win all these awards all his yeah. athletic achievements and you know do that uh while just kind of staying true to who I was right oh that's incredible
0: And I think from my my observation of, of, you know, your story right now, what what I'm getting is especially from your athletic background is you love to compete,
2: right? So
0: if you can turn school into a competition, then you were I'm going to beat everybody. I'm going to yes. beat yeah. every hurdle. I'm going to and I think and that's what we need to start doing for the younger generation. Yeah, right? And I,
2: I think it's it's the competition aspect is there, but eventually it became I want to compete against myself. You know yes. I, yes. Did, I did yes. this well yesterday. So I'm going to try to do a little bit better today. And that's Absolutely. an attitude I think comes from being a, a sport like track and field where it's a bit individual. Mm. You know, you gotta you're trying to compete with yourself. Beat your internally. personal best. Yes. But ultimately after I think it's important because you know, when you get to university, it's a bigger pool. There's people who are just crazy smart, crazy intelligent. Yeah. So uh-huh. I was like, you know what, it's okay. They do their thing. I'm gonna do my thing. I'm do just gonna things, keep yeah. trying to do a little bit better. And it lends to just, you know, bouncing back from mistakes and disappointments. Cause like, you know, after I've almost failed chemistry my first year. You know, some people would have been like, oh, my dreams are of med school or anything in the medical field are are, are done. But I'm like, no, nah, it's okay. Yeah. This is first year. I got to do a little bit better second year. And I'm right. going to do better for myself. What can I learn from that? It's
1: very impressive. I like your perseverance. So talk a little bit about um, some setbacks that you've faced. Because in order to be able to get to that pinnacle, uh, I'm sure there are a couple of setbacks that you've experienced. And how do you dealt with it?
2: Yeah. So, you know, obviously my first year of university was rough because you're coming off a high. I was like, you know, I was probably, my head was probably a little big because I was like, yeah, you know, I'm the valedictorian I'm the top male yes. you know, the university. is just going to be a continuation. And right. man, that first semester just, just to <laughs> so wake not, up call, I was not prepared for, you know, just the workload and the difficulty and, and, and things like that. And I think that, uh, it was, uh, That was a setback, but it was something that I just once again said, okay, well, this first semester was rough. It's rough for a lot of people. What have I learned from that? And what can I do better? And I just kind of kept taking that same attitude. So that was a setback there. And then uh, at the end of uh, undergrad, you know, I had decided I wanted to go to med school probably a little bit later than some people, you know. So I was like, I was like, okay, I'm just going to go take the MCAT. Didn't prepare very well. And got destroyed. And for those who don't know, the MCAT is the admission test you need to pass, and you need to do well on in order to make yourself more competitive for medical school. So yes, I, no. I failed that, and then uh, and then after I realized I wasn't going to get in somewhere. So then I was like, "Well, what am I going to do?" I graduated. I don't have a job. I don't have anything planned for next year. And uh, you know, I had a kinesiology degree, but the degree itself is not really going to get you much work, um, especially in a well, somewhat crowded market. So that first job You speak I-
1: for yourself. I got a job at a gym, okay?
0: Solomon, <laughs> <laughs> so, let me, so let, were you my,
2: working my, at the my, juice bar? <laughs> my, my, my dad had a job at the gym at the high school, very high school. So I didn't, yeah. I didn't I didn't go I didn't go count that. Uh, but uh, uh, so the first job I got out of undergrad was working as a janitor on campus. And okay. I wasn't it wasn't advertised as that, but I took ended up taking that job and it was humbling because I still had friends on campus. They still see me. Yeah. They see this guy who graduated with high honors, picking up trash at the parking lot. Right. Um, but I mean, I was able to use that to save money to take the prep course for the MCAT next year, and yes. I was able to do much better on the MCAT. I was able to use that money to save to take all these prerequisites I needed to have because I realized I I needed to apply more broadly because at first time I only applied mm-hmm. to Canada, mm-hmm. and I yes. think these are just some these are just some setbacks that I probably could have avoided if I had somebody to tell me your instruct me yeah, you about know, the application process. Mentor. Yes. But I didn't. But, you know, at the same time, it was a setback that I just learned from. And then right. you know, during med school, you know, unfortunately, I've, I've had some losses. My I lost my sister, uh, oldest sister, in my third year of medical school, right before I was starting my rotations. Um wow. So that was a setback in wow. you know, in terms of emotionally, and I just had to, you know, kind of use the – she was one of my the, the people who was encouraging me along this journey and everything, so it was – kind of a setback in terms of working towards it for her. And then in my second year residency, I lost my grandma, who was kind of like my second mother, as most of you know, in terms of raising us and things like that. Yes. Uh, and then last year, unfortunately, I lost my mother um, to COVID. Oh, wow. And uh, again, another setback where, you know, that was tough, obviously. And I had yeah. to still keep going on Uh fulfilling my other roles and i'm still a father i had a kid on the way at that time before i lost my mom Uh, i'm about to start my chief residency year and looking for jobs and things like that so these have all been setbacks and things that have happened yes you know it's just i think that it's it's come back to that same attitude that you know whatever happens you gotta try to learn from it and keep going
1: what what keeps you going what is it that keeps you going? I mean for somebody who's experienced such loss and people talk a lot about Joe Biden uh, being able to comfort people because of the difficulties he's experienced because he's experienced a lot of loss as well. But what is it about you that keeps you going and that keeps you inspiring others?
2: Yeah, so I think it, it, uh, similar to what uh, Joe Biden had uh, had uh, discussed, for me, it's the idea of having experienced loss equips you in a way that other people aren't equipped to comfort people. Because you kind of know the depths of pain you can have with the loss How? of a loved one, especially when it's unexpected, as it was with my mom. Um, right. And I think the thing that keeps me going, of course, is when my mom was here, when my sister was here, when my grandma was here, they all had the same goal for me or the same dream for me to finish mm-hmm. this journey, to make it there. So, you know, it would be an affront to them if I if I didn't continue that And of course, now I have family, I have kids, I got, you know, I got a wife, I got patients I take care of. So you have a responsibility to all these people to continue to kind of move on. That doesn't mean kind of just shouldering through the grief and everything like that, you know, I took the time to process the emotions, I took the time off. And, you know, obviously, my program was very supportive of that. But ultimately, I think it's just the goal that I set up to start, you know, even if they're not here physically to see it, I know that they uh, they are still watching over me, and they want me to get to that point. So I think that always keeps me oh, going. i keeps you going at the end of the day. Wow. Yeah, and,
0: I, and and honestly, I think I think they would be super proud of the man you are, and and the man yes. that you're becoming. And I think all of them have played a, a pivotal role in defining who you are. And I think that alone is is some small comfort knowing that they've instilled in you, you know, the purpose of where you are right now. So really, really. Um, appreciative of that and happy where you are.
1: You're a part of the legacy and they're a part of yours. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's it's very, um, it's inspiring. So we're going to get to uh, what we call the perfection equation, <laughs> okay. which, which is when passion meets purpose, you get pleasure in what, what it is that you do for a living. So would you say you're there? Are you at the intersection of where passion meets purpose?
2: I would say definitely uh, getting there. You know, as you probably know, residency. There's there's moments where you're like, oh, "What did I get myself into?" <laughs> uh, I,
1: I, I'm, I'm very when he, when he when he says moments, he means like multiple times in a day. It's not.
2: <laughs> I'm, I'm very candid with people about my journey to to you know urology because. Um, where I went to medical school, we got some exposure to urology, but not anything major. So, you know, you get to see everything on the good side. You don't actually see the work that went into it. So, like, yes, my, first, yes. my first week of residency, I remember we were on trauma surgery and had a census of, like, 60 patients, and we had oh to go God. see all of them. And wow. that first thing, the first week rounds, oh. I just went to the washroom. I sat oh. there, and I was like, oh, Lord, what did I do? <laughs> <laughs> this is this oh, <laughs> this, this a God. bad decision. Uh, <laughs> So at that point, <laughs> the pa- passion definitely did uh, not make purpose. But no, uh, no, uh, you know, kind of uh, as you persevere and you start learning more and things like that, it definitely starts to come closer and closer. I mean, surgery training is just very vigorous. Uh, and people ask, kind of, what would I liken it to? And I say, like, imagine you were doing any task, you know, task that you're doing for the first time, and somebody is mm-hmm. on your shoulder and screaming at you the whole time you do the task. That's what surgical, surgical training feels like oh, sometimes. Oh. Um, yeah. And uh, I, I often joke that uh, I've been prepared for it because I had Ghanaian parents. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, you know, yeah, their yelling doesn't scare me. Uh, you yeah. heard it all before. Uh, Come yeah. on, Junior. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Are you idiots? You know, like yeah. – uh, uh, I think, I think I've been, I've been indirectly trained for this, but it's definitely hard at times.
1: And, uh, we're, we're proud you got to where you are and, uh, you keep going and I can't wait to see, you know, what you'll continue to do and how you continue to inspire others.
0: Absolutely. So, so how would you, I guess, um, how could other immigrant kids and, and people that look like you get into this profession? Everybody wants their child to be a doctor, but how can, you know, practically can they get into this field?
2: So I think one thing that's really good these days is, I mean, between social media and, you know, the revelation that, uh, hey, Black Lives Matter, let's do some more things for our our Black individuals. Mm -hmm. A lot of people have suddenly decided to, you know, make institutional changes or reach out. You know, Black men are historically underrepresented in medicine. And because of that, a lot of- Less than 1%. Yes. So a lot of programs now are like really reaching out. So I think Mm. the key thing is, you know, if you're a parent or if you're a student, you know, simple Google search, simple search on social media for all these doctor pages, there's going to be a way to find out some resources available to you, whether it's pairing you up with a mentor virtually, whether it's just kind of grassroots programs available. I think that there's a lot of resources now and there's a lot of people you can reach out to, you know. Uh, on my social media, I'll drop it after, and you can reach out to me. But there's so many pages you can just Google "Black Doctor Instagram" or anything like that, and you'll find like, pages that are catered to students, Black students mm-hmm. who are trying again to get into this profession. And I yes. think the key thing is you know tapping to those early, so you know they reach out to high school students, so then they know what universities to think about, what courses to think about, how to navigate the system. Uh, when to take the MCAT? All of these things I didn't know. Yes. And all that right. will kind yeah, of streamline yeah. the process. Sometimes they'll they'll provide financial reimbursement for taking the MCAT so You don't have to worry about the finances. Yeah. Um, so I think there's a lot of resources. It's really good right now uh, for these students. But I think if you're a parent or if you're a child, just just do you know you have to obviously do some research. But it's it's available. It's there. Uh, you know, I don't have any. Uh, resources right in my mind in terms of like things but I can definitely provide them after but um, there's a lot of ways uh, yeah. uh, of now so I think that's the thing just starting early and getting an idea early especially if somebody has voices the interest early the earlier the better in terms of yeah. uh, the exposure because you know I think yeah. about a lot of people in med school and you'll see a lot of their parents are doctors a lot of their uncles and aunts are doctors and it's because mm-hmm. that they they see it but they also know how to approach the preparation Yes. You know, um, so I think that's where we kind of lack sometimes, but as long as you do how to approach the preparation, you know, I've had people reach out to me before, uh, and, uh, I just gave them like kind of the low down and some of them are physicians. Now, uh, Ganyan physicians, uh, wow. one of them, uh, one of them was a nurse from York and she did the same kind of journey you took and now she's getting oh, nice. interventional radiology.
1: Wow. Uh, wow. That's a big deal. Yeah. 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 So, uh, Thank you. If you're a young black male listening, listen, the world needs you. Your community needs you. We need more black male physicians, more black female physicians. Um, and you need to be seen and you need to be an example. You know, follow a model, um, look at someone's example and, and, you know, model your career after them. And you can do it. Don't be afraid to ask for help. But again, uh, like the Dr. Quay said, the earlier you start, the better
0: yeah and and i think one of the things i really like is don't be afraid to reach out to the resources around you right yeah. so oftentimes yeah. as you know young you know people of color young immigrants we we tend to stay in our safe space i'm afraid yeah. to reach out to dr Aquay because i don't want him to blow me off or i don't know who right. he is i don't want to sound like i'm thirsty right, right. no nah, be thirsty for what you want right if yes. you want to be i looked at dr Aquay and i said, you know what i want to be in neurology one day
2: i'm going to yes. tap into
0: his network i'm going to tap into his knowledge. And use his path to now build. Yes. mine. So let, let's let's stop hiding into our own shadows, into our own feelings, and and you know. Yes. Get out there.
1: Annoy him. Annoy him. <laughs> you know. Please. Yeah. Was it Jacob? Was it Jacob that wrestled an angel? Wrestle <laughs> yeah. him. Whatever you yeah. need to do yes. to get yeah. <laughs> to Definitely. get this done. Get Definitely. it
2: done. Definitely.
0: And if uh, and, and if he doesn't answer, please message me, and I'll annoy him for <laughs> you.
2: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, I always tell people that I I try to you know. Remind people that, you know, despite everything I've done, I'm, I'm still Joseph. I'm still just a, a nerd who likes to watch movies and play video games. And I keep that uh, that, um, that mindset open. I think when I was younger, yeah. I'd see doctors and see them in this crazy air. Like, oh, my gosh, Ugh. these guys are untouchable. And it's the mm-hmm. same way we look at adults until we come we become adults and realize they're yeah, really yeah. doing this nonsense that so you're doing as kids <laughs> just, just in a, a <laughs> so it's the same way. I'm nothing, nothing uh, special about me. I just happen to be in this profession, and I'm ready to help when I can.
1: Quick question: Do you find people treat you differently when you're a doctor? Is there a privilege that comes with being a physician?
2: Absolutely. I mean, I'm trying to get a house right now and they're all offering me 0 down non-mortgages. No, but uh, (laughs) but, uh, on the real, I think that, you know, yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, I think sometimes it's it's kind of unfortunate because, like, for example, when my wife was uh, pregnant with our first child, you know, the nurses were, you know, some of the nurses were pretty rude until they figured out, hey, this is a nurse and a doctor. And all of a sudden they changed their tune. And this That's kind sad. of underscores, you know, some of the problems wow. that you know people have with the healthcare system in terms of interfacing. So people have yeah. to get treated uh, and discrimination from time, to time. Yeah, um, you know, but I never really, you know, I, I I don't usually sell the whole doctor things. If you see me on the street, I uh, just look like. Uh, another another dude, but you know, same I here. That, <laughs> hoodie, so. hoodie, and sweatpants. It's exactly. because you,
0: it's you guys are not using your privilege properly. You need to hire me <laughs> to be your hype man. I will walk behind you and say, "This is a doctor coming. Please move." Yes, <laughs> doctor on the way. Move. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, that, that, my my mom was definitely a hype woman because oh I my just goodness. Like, yes. Oh, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, No, I'm just doing and training. No, he's a doctor, a Oh my god. Yeah, okay, <laughs> come see my son, the doctor. Yeah, come, come, Mom, I Don't even know this. Just come, come. <laughs>
0: it's, it's not the common physician you see. Your family doctor is <laughs> a surgeon. <laughs> a surgeon.
1: Do, do, one last one before we get to uh, closing closing. Um, on the subject of just being normal when you're, you're on your on your day to day um what does it feel like when you're in the hospital, in your scrubs, doing your work? And then, when you're outside and you're not, you don't have your doctor hat on. How does society see you differently? How do you? How well, do you find?
2: Well, you know what? As you probably have, may have, have, have uh, encountered, sometimes there's not much of a difference because I can be in scrubs, wearing my doctor tag and my white coat. Yeah. And somebody, Why yes. oh, are you here for patient transport? Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Are you here for the food? You know. Yeah. So that's <laughs> unfortunately, you know, yeah. the, the reality is, is that even. In the medical field, you're still going to be discriminated against because you're yeah. not used to seeing people like you or they presume that you're not a yeah. doctor. So when I'm in the hospital, I make sure that, as Sam said, they know, you know, when I get out then it's just like, you know, I, I, I always never wanted to have the mindset that being a doctor made me smarter or better than anybody else. Right, and, right. Because ultimately there are doctors who think like that. And I think yeah. that they, they make suboptimal people with care, regards to patient care. You know, mm, I treat the janitor yeah. and the food people yeah. the same, especially in the midst of a pandemic. They're the people yeah. who get the most exposure and who have yeah. to see all these patients. So I definitely respect them. You know, Absolutely. The outside, I just try to kind of keep it low key. But once again, if I have to flex it, I will. Yes.
1: <laughs> wield it out when it's necessary. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite is, uh, what do you do? I'm a physician. You mean like? you went to physical therapy <laughs> do people don't know what a
0: physician is uh, you're you're a masseuse tell the truth
1: <laughs> like you like what do you mean like you went to <laughs> what <laughs> i went to medical school oh like what do you mean uh, like, really are
2: you one of the cleaners oh i thought my um uh, my, my name tag saying md might have given it away but sorry <laughs> listen the first day i went to
1: or for my uh, surgery rotation uh, the OR tech looked at me like I have five eyes. I had my scrubs on. I had my <laughs> medical student medical student badge on. I was like, "What's what's the problem?" What like, I oh, know no. the OR is a hostile place because you know they have to keep it sterile. You can't yeah. touch anything. You can't yeah. look at anybody. You you just can't move. But still, yeah. like my my friend, my colleague who um, who's Caucasian, never faced that sort of oh yeah um that uh, uh, tense environment.
2: I can't say how many times I'll be. Um, I'll be with the medical students. I'm the the, the resident on the medical. You the medical, The medical student is the is a Caucasian, and then they start yeah. talking to him. Right, like, right, right, right. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. That's, that's yeah. me actually. Like, oh, okay, yeah. But you know, yeah.
1: uh, a lot of, of female physicians experience that too. They'll <laughs> walk in with a male, and they'll be like, oh, they, you know, the dude is a doctor. I'm like, he's the student.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's always that
2: issue. But at the end of the day, I take it as the opportunity to educate, and yes. I keep it moving. Yes. Yes.
1: Thank you so much, honestly, for what you do. Uh, thank you for your service. We appreciate it. Thank you. So <laughs> we're going to revisit our phrase of the day. Um, and our phrase of the day uh, for uh, today is, which is to say, the animal with no tail, uh, it's God who cleans it. Mm. Um Again, I'll throw it to you too if you have any uh, sort of contribution to it. And th-
0: this one you stopped me. I have no idea. <laughs> me. It it's it's really basically
1: touching at the fact that uh no matter what you go through in life, no matter mm. difficulties you face, even if you have no resources, um, God can carry you through. Mm. Um and it's, you know, it's not every animal that has a tail that can wipe itself because, you know, horses will use their tails to kind of brush off themselves. You know, other animals who have tails will do the same. What of what of the animals who don't, right? It's like if you don't have the resources, how do you make it? How can you make it? And maybe we as mentors can be hands for those who don't have it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we can be resources and reach out to others who need a step up. Um and you know what if you fail, even when you feel that like you're worse, like Dr. Aquay went through some difficulties that he experienced, just know that if you persevere uh, and you have hard work, you pray, you're spiritual, God will carry you through, but you just got to keep going do so mm-hmm. not never give up
0: absolutely and I think um, maybe one thing that i I learned about you today, Joe um i actually didn't know that you didn't want to be a doctor like i always assumed you know when you got all those awards valedictorian i'm like oh this guy is probably one of those that wants to be a doctor he's taking kin too (laughs) so he's definitely prepping for a doctor so it was interesting to know that like that wasn't the mindset going into it but even as you wanted to transition you there the path was still there right so that's an interesting dynamic there what about you Salome? i'm impressed by his perseverance
1: i never knew that about him that about the mcat that he had to take it and take it twice and um you know at some point the light bulb went on uh and you were brilliant the whole time it's not like you weren't it's not you didn't become smart overnight you always had the gift Mm. Uh, but it took you a while to recognize just the gift you had and then you know to push towards your potential So I'm impressed by that.
0: Absolutely. And I say it all the time. Like, I think there's so many gifted kids that just don't know that they're gifted. And and we need to do a better job, you know, tapping into everybody's giftedness (sighs) in a different way. Yes. Let's find them. Let's find them. Absolutely. So, Joe, one last thing. So if you were to give, you know, advice to 17-year-old Joseph, what one advice would you give them from all the things that you've learned um, you know, through this journey, what one advice would you give 17-year-old Joseph?
2: Well, you know what? That goes back to the, uh that poet laureate that I had mentioned to you, uh, mm-hmm. Randall j and he's had this, he had this short poem that really resonated with me, so I was able to find it. And it basically just says, you are not your pain, they are just roadblocks that prove how far you came. Mm-hmm. And I think that I would echo that to my younger self, you know, there's going to be a lot of stuff you're going to go through. There's going to be a lot of roadblocks. Um, mm. There's going to be a lot of difficulty, a lot of pain. But at the end of the day, it's just a representation, a reminder of how far you've come mm. and how far you continue. To, you're going to continue to go. Wow! Yeah. Wow, that's, that's uh, powerful. That's deep.
1: Yes. So that's definitely a mic drop moment. No, definitely. There's nothing
0: we could say of that. So Joseph, Dr. Joseph, I can't even call you Joseph anymore. Dr. Joseph, I can't disrespect your hard work just hearing, you know, what, what you've been through, what the work you've put in. All right. It's not an easy journey. So don't let anybody just call you Joseph anymore. Dr. Joseph. <laughs> right? and, if, and if I'm exactly. ever around and somebody just calls him <laughs> Joseph, I'm gonna say, hey, my friend, you know who you're talking to. But I think- we, my aunt and uncle, because uh, I am it's gonna be uh, genius. And, 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 the, and oh. the missus. <laughs> no, a- you are and You're only uncles. doctor awake. <laughs> aunties and uncles, please. We know you have done well, but please, you, you must still call him Dr. Junior. If you must insist. Dr. I know Junior, this is please. true. Yes, please. <laughs> D-R-J-R. DRJR, please. <laughs> please. <laughs> but we really want to thank you for joining us today and sharing you yes. know the wisdom and you know what you've been through and, and where you're going. And, and we look forward to hearing more from you. Um so maybe if you know, where can people reach you at and and any shout outs that you might want to have yes. as
2: well to
0: anybody yeah. out there?
2: Well, you can definitely reach me on social media, mainly on Instagram, Jr. underscore academic, A K A D E M I K. Um, And uh, if you need to email me, uh, you just reach out to me on Instagram, and I can definitely kind of provide those contacts. Uh, Otherwise, yeah, usually I'm I'm available there, and uh, it's easy to contact me. And like like Sam said, if I don't respond the first time, just message me again. Um, yeah, that's uh, usually the best way to get a hold of me. All
1: right, also, okay. hound them on Facebook.
2: Yeah, I'm <laughs> on Facebook, but I think right now, my Facebook probably name is is hard to find because you know, yes. when you're in the job search process, you just kind of change things a little bit. Yeah,
1: yeah, no, I hear you. <laughs> yeah, I've
2: got to join. Any shout outs you shout-outs, have? Yeah, uh, yes. of course, I have to shout out. Um, my, my parents, uh, my mom in heaven, uh, Elizabeth, my dad, uh, Joseph senior. I have to shout out uh, kind of a lot of my aunts and uncles. I can't name them all because they' you know, uh, a big family uh, too uh, big. Uh, yes, yes, just shouting <laughs> them all out uh, you know for helping me along this journey. Shout out yes. my wife, Precious, uh, my kids, Josiah, uh, and Nariah. Yes. Uh, and, you know, just all the mentors and and people have who have uh, guided me along the way. And shout out to you guys. You know, I, I think that you guys are doing great work. This is one of my favorite podcasts to listen to. Uh, thank you so and much. Everybody says I'm going to start a podcast, but most of the time it's not entertaining. So this is a, <laughs> this is a, a good one. And me and Precious is uh, kind of li- listening to it on our, our rides when we picking uh, up the kids or whatever the case may be.
0: No, nah, Thank you so for that.
1: So Mrs. Mrs. Akwee. Uh, so, Naraya, Josiah, who's next? Uh,
2: her name is Precious, Precious. and the next Pre- one, yes, hey, Miss hey, Precious. Hey, 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 give us, no, I'm us, saying no <laughs> because because you got to rhyme, right? Like like you got Josiah, you got <laughs> Naraya. It's got to be the Mariah.
1: Or Soraya, I'm, I'm just throwing it out
0: there. I'm just saying. Yo, Salome, you're, you're really working hard on your record deal. Eh? You're, you're still me right? But, but wants the next opening track
1: to
0: be? Is I'm yes. telling you. But this is going to be another episode. We got to have you and Precious both on. Yes, soon please. And, and highlight the all nation love connection because I yes. think I think parents need to really understand that, like you know, the friendships that you built there, and your parents not frowning and saying, "Hey." get away from my daughter. Hey, why is this guy <laughs> with my daughter? Really, really, really made you guys be able to, so that's another yes, thing yes. So yeah. pick up. Some, someday somebody
1: <laughs> has to marry your child. So please. i you exactly. <laughs> make it somebody at church. <laughs>
2: exactly. Please don't, don't make them wait until they married the degree. Oh, I'm telling you. I'm telling
1: you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, uh, of course, shout out uh, to super producer Nancy. Nancy (laughs) Eboa, G.H. Spielberg, always keeping it real, keeping it together. Really appreciate it. God bless you for your work.
0: Yeah. And and big up on the song of uh, the day, Nero X. Yes, Uh, yes. You can get that on any streaming platform. Um, One of the classics that we love, uh, Joseph loves, Dr. Joseph Aque loves, Um, Yes. There's a reason behind it. So go check it out and you won't be disappointed. All right, sir. So until next time, guys. Bye-bye.